Hey, what's happening, ladies and gentlemen? Once again, this is another episode of the Real Shit Roundtable Podcast, and I am your host, Nolo Calione. And today, I got one of my brothers with me, one of the generals, the founding member of the motherfucking T.O.P. True Oakland Players, Mr. Vicious, still doing his thing, just dropped the album called The Legacy. Mr. Vicious, you on the line? Yes, sir. How you doing, man? How everybody doing out there? Man, I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing great, man. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. I I want to ask you for yes, the sir. people for the people that don't know and haven't heard of you and, and haven't heard any of your music. Uh, before we get to that, I like to ask, like, what made you want to get into rap in the first place? What made me get into rap was um, the the culture of hip hop, you know, and where it all began, mm-hmm. you know, um, Grandmaster Flash and Cool Herc, and uh, 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 when I heard the bridge is over, I just lost my mind. But like MCs like LL and Cool Mo D, and um, it started on the East Coast, man. I'm gonna give them they props. I'm, I'm West Coast, but I'm gonna give them they props, man. It started on the East Coast. Um, so the roots were there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when NWA came a few years later, to me, like, it's what gave the whole West Coast identity. And that's where it all began for me at about 10 years old. Uh, that's when I, I first met her. And when I say her, I'm talking about hip hop. Exactly. So you started writing rhymes at 10 years old or you just started you know, freestyling and rapping and shit at 10 years old. So, so at 10 years old, I started writing. My rap name was ICR. Wow. Um, you know, because you know, I'm, I'm Rob. So the rap name was ICR. And, and uh, back in those days, uh, everything was, my name is ICR. I'm in the place to be. I'm rapping on this mic so viciously. Like, that's how all the rhymes was spit back then. And, right. and, you, and, and it, it also tells the story of how I became this position because of those first lines, rapping on the mic so viciously. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so rapping on the line so viciously led into you becoming Mr. Vicious. It was a part of it. Um, my what? partner started calling me Vicious because I said the word vicious a lot in my teenage years. Right. Um, and, and, and they said the way I lived was, was just real many and vicious. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, I just took it, you know. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that for sure. I get that for sure. Cause you know, when uh, when I started rhyming when I was young, I said a lot of the same words. Sometimes, you know, that's just come with the territory. I'm sure a lot of other artists can identify with what you're saying. But um, yeah. you got you got a real you got a real interesting story. Like the things that you talk about in your music are things that you have lived. And if you started at 10 years old, which is very surprising to me because ladies and gentlemen, this is something that I didn't even know. And I know this nigga like a motherfucker, but you started writing music at 10 years old. What was, what was, uh, what was going on that made you decide, like, I'm going to put pen to paper. Um, She would just be like, I'm going to need you to, to say how you feel. Mm-hmm. So 
if you've never written before, it's hard to just start writing how you feel. Right. Um, right. But what I'm gonna tell what I'm gonna tell anybody who likes to write or who would, who would like to start writing is as it's as easy as it is hard, and it's as hard as it is easy. It's just it's just your perspective and how you're looking at it. Right. So I just started writing how I felt, and that turned into um, learning how to express how you feel, and then you add the rhymes to it, and you know rap just stands for rhythm and poetry. Right. So when you put the rhythm and the rhyme to to the words of how you feel, now you rapping. Wow, that's deep. That's deeper than most can understand, but I'm sure after hearing this interview, they're going to understand it. And that just tells you the difference between minds and the next man. So, yes, sir. So, while you was growing up and you was learning these lessons from your mother, um, what, what made you decide to go ahead and start hustling? Um, so, that single-parent household, you don't have a lot. And, and you're looking out the window at your friends with the latest Stan Smith Adidas and, and the Cortez Nikes and the British Knights and the Steelers and the, the Snake Skin Ficones and, and you got them pro wings on and you might throw some fat laces in them to feel, to feel fly, but you still got them, you're rocking them pro wings, bro. Right. And, and you, and you, and you want to floss like your friends and these are your partners. So mm-hmm. your partners will let you wear their shoes, but how, how you going to, you, you, and, and we wasn't men, but we was young men. You mm. less of a young man, and you got your pop shoes on. And all of, all of that was inspiration um, mm. to get something for myself. And mm. uh, when I when I became a teenager, my girlfriends was getting tips for me from from the dudes on the block, and the, and the dudes that was a little bit older and having their money and, and they rocking their donkey ropes and they beepers, man. Right. And my girlfriends right. was getting tips from me. You know, and, and I, I wanted to snatch power back. And, and where we go at our culture, right? man, I, I hate to say it, but the power, is, is, it comes from respect. And mm-hmm. once you get, you can't get the respect unless you get the money. Right. You know, so um, I started chasing it. I was on a, I've been on a high speed paper chase, man, since my early thing. You know, a lot of cats be on a regular, a low speed paper chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm from the I'm from Oakland, man. You you push it to the limit, man. Like high speed paper chase with a light flash behind you, man. Like it's, that's, that's it's the, the fast mindset. life. It's the fast life. Yeah. It's the yeah. fast life. I understand exactly what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Because I yeah. started I started hustling around 14 too. You know what yeah. I mean? For some of the same reasons. Mama couldn't afford to get me the shit that I wanted and the shit that I was seeing and the shit that I felt like I needed because she was working hard just to maintain. So I get exactly what you're saying. I real life do. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that's going to feel what you're saying too. You know what I mean? But times, yeah. times is different now. People... People got other ways, you know, with all the social media and everything. But that's a whole nother topic. That's a whole nother conversation. I want to get back yeah. into you. You know what I mean? So when you when you was going through that and, you know, and your girl was getting you stuff and then you started going venturing out on your own, what did you learn from being out on your own out there in that street life? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't like niggas had mentors to tell you, like, if you do this, that's going to happen. If you do this, that's going to happen. Or this how you do that, and this how you get them results. Like, what are, after you ventured out on your own, what are the, some of the lessons that you had to learn by yourself that, that helped well, you? Well, okay. So, so when I hit 13, mm-hmm. I had uh, my mom's went to the feds drug smuggling. Customs agents hit the house. Um, my mom had got married to a Nigerian, and when she married this dude, life got a little better. And, and I just thought they was hard workers. But nah, they was taking trips to Nigerians and smuggling heroin back. They were swallowing balloons. They were coming back with about 40 balloons in their stomach. Mm-hmm. And they would go out there to Nigeria about five, six deep. And they would just bring back pounds of heroin, man, that way. Um, and we was living a little bit better when I hit my teens, to be honest with you. Um, and then for about a year or two, and then customs agents hit. 
and my mom went to the bed. So when my mom went to the bed, then now I embraced the street. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they dropped me, they dropped me off on my pop's doorstep, and because my pop never saw me as his responsibility. All of a sudden, he get his three sons dropped on his doorstep. He's like, "Oh shit!" You know? He um, just left it up to y'all. No disrespect to my pops, but my older brother didn't stay there. He just bounced. Mm-hmm. My pops started beating on my little brother, and then me, my pop didn't want to beat me because I was the one everybody liked. Um, I don't know why I was just so likable. I think that's one of my gifts. Like, I, I know how to talk to a person, and right. I know how to uh, uh, reach into somebody's interests and talents and, and make them feel good. I hear you. I hear you. With the questions I asked, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, let me change that. Let me change headphones. Hold on. You there? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so my dad didn't want to beat on me. Oh, you um, sound you you sound way better now. What you had me on speaker before? No, it was just I didn't realize the headphones, the battery was low. Oh, um, you you sound way better now. You coming in hella clear. I got you. Go ahead. I yeah. mean, you was coming in clear before, but it sounded like you was talking on the telephone. But now it sounds like you sitting right here with me. Okay. So, um, so pop me out. Um, he was he was he was about to beat on me, but he 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 preferred to kick me out. I went to my dad's house. I was with him for about three four months, and pops kicked me out. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was on the streets, and that's when I learned how to hustle. I was about 13, and um, I had an older brother, a stepbrother named Jerome, and they called him Slim in the streets, and he, he showed me the game, man. He spit some dove rocks out of his mouth, and it was the first time I saw a crack, and he was chopping up some rocks on the, on the dresser, and he's like, you trying to get this money? He's like, boy, you ain't trying to get this money. And he just ran the game down to me, man, and ran some of the some of the basic rules of the game down to me um, about, you know, it's cliche, but you never get high on your own supply. Um, you don't give out credit. And if anybody disrespects you, you lay down a demo on site. Right. Um, right. You send a message. You send a message. Right. That way it don't happen. That way it don't happen again. Cause if so, motherfuckers think you weak, they gonna keep trying to take from you, or they gonna try to push you out. You know what I mean? I get you. Yeah. So, so he gave he gave me a lot of the uh, basic rules of the game. You know, um, don't 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 spend your cop money, and don't spend your profit money either, because your profit becomes your new cop money, so you can cop more. Right. So when you, if you a real hustler. You, you got know, different you, pots. You, you got you different know, pots. Yeah, 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 yeah. You ain't doing it to floss. You ain't doing mm-hmm. it to spend money. You got the dudes who do it to look good. If you, you ain't got, got nothing to show for it, then what you doing it for? Yeah, what you doing it for? To look good or to do good? Exactly. So you, so I wanted to do good. Um, but, but, but that's a, you know, I mean, when you're young, you get lost in the sauce and you forget what you're doing it for. And sometimes you lose focus and you start flossing. And that, that you, you just led me right into my next question. Cause you got some lines in, in the music where you like, you ever fought rival crews? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? You ever fought yeah. rival crews and fought with some dudes and still fought till you lose? Yeah. Take a loss and get humble when they rob you for your bundle. Like, ladies and gentlemen, like, these is his words, his lines from his music. Like, this shit is real. Like, you know what I mean? Can you can you talk about some of that? Can you talk about some of them hardships that you had to go through out there on them streets? Well, all right, so... I mean, you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta include no names, details, but, you know, just... Some of the some of the hardships that a person might face if they chose to go ahead and try that route in life. Something so, that you might want to watch out for. So in the in the streets, you got different classes of cats, different classes of dudes in the streets. Right. You got the you got the hustlers, you got the pimps, you got the players, you got the robbers, the jackers. Mm-hmm. The jackers. 
Jackets and the Robbers, they 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 the same one. They out there. You 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 got the dudes that work with the police. Mm-hmm. And 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 you you set up the fail from the rip because you hustling for five years and this dude been talking to the police for the same amount of time. And you don't even and you don't even know it. Right. So so in them situations, a lot of stuff is gonna happen. A lot of a lot of a lot of pieces of the sky is gonna fall on your head, and you ain't gonna know where it came from. You gonna get jumped. Fools, fools gonna see you bossing, and they don't want to do the work and take the come up in the game. So they wait for you to ball, then they come try to take it. They come try to take it. It's a part of the game. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that's a part of the game that you gotta understand before you try to jump in. Right. It's alligators, man. It's alligators in that water, man. Right. So you you trying to get you trying to get your money. You have to understand and, and come to terms with the fact that you are going to jail. You just don't know when. Exactly. You have to come to terms with the fact that you will be robbed. Mm-hmm. You just don't know when, and you want to hope that they don't take your life when it happens. Right. And you want to hope that you're ready. Enough. You got something stashed and different. Never put all your eggs in one pot. You got multiple stashes. You get robbed for one. You still strong. Mm-hmm. So you got to be ready. You gonna get robbed. You gonna go to jail. And you gonna be betrayed. Mm-hmm. And you wanna hope because this happens to about seventy to eighty percent of it. You yes. gonna die. Yeah. You yeah. gonna die. You ain't lying. My memories it's, is filled with ghosts. Truthfully. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I can no longer count on my fingers on the friends that I lost. That part. I remember, so, ooh, I remember when you spit that line, and I came right back. I watched them hearts get broke and them tears get shed. That shit coincide with you. I was talking about the same shit you was talking about, but go ahead. Go ahead. Finish with, finish yeah, your thought. Yeah, so, so so these situations that arise, man, um, you, you know, um. You gotta have a heart of a soldier with the brain to teach a nation in order to live this life and 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 come out of it. And and only a few of us will live to tell. Like Pac say, man, it's not just cliche words and right. verbiage. Only right. a few of us will live to tell, and we the last of that breed, man. And mm-hmm. and and those of us that are from this generation who are listening to this, you know, you the last of this breed. Right. So you you we we all that's left of it. We all that's here to to even share the memory of it. Right, exactly. But yeah, man. Um, um but you know, like, cause we was we was we was we was brought up with rules to the game, the do's and the don'ts. You know what I'm saying? And it it, it was real. It was real, and you could see it out there in front of your face, and. Once again, I'll say that I feel like us in our generation, we kind of fell off a little bit with the youngsters because as soon as this motherfucker start acting like he hard-headed or he know everything, he don't want to listen, we, we just tell him, you know, hard-head, make us all fast, and let him go make that mistake. But, you know, our OGs, when they took a vested interest in us, they took a vested interest in us. And when they see us out there... Fucking up or doing some shit that's out of character or doing some shit that it's like, come on, bro. If you're going to do this, you need to be doing it that way or this way. Like they 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 slid us to the side and lightweight straightened us out. Like it wasn't no hands being put on you or nothing like that. But, you know, they gave you the game that had you going home, like thinking about some shit. You feel me? So, yeah. So, I feel like. So, bro, so, bro to, make a, to make a short story long. And a long story short, moms went to the feds, man. Pops kicked me out. He didn't want to. He never did. And that's cool. Like, I don't resent him. I don't hate him. I love my dad because that man played a part in creating me. I don't care what he did after that. He did enough for me. I'm that person. Like, I appreciate you creating me, bruh. I, I can take it from here. I'm that person. You know, yeah. you got some people that blame, blame their downfalls in their situation on their parents. And could, could your parents do right by you? Could your parents set you up for success? Could your parents plan and plan ahead and just be in great position to make you thrive? Of course. They could have a wonderful garden for you to grow in. Mm-hmm. But, man, we growing, we roses growing out the concrete with two, with two petals on us. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love my pops, man. 
take it from here. Thank you for creating me. So, so back to the story. Um, I hit the streets, man. I started learning the game. I was still going to school. I made it a point to, to keep continue to go to school because I always enjoyed school. I always enjoyed learning. Um, life is about learning, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hell yeah. Now, now, knowledge is infinite. Even even a person with a PhD got so much to learn, man. Like knowledge is infinite. You could never know everything. There's a quote. Um, I might be quoting Erica Badu, man. A man who truly knows something knows he knows nothing at all. So mm-hmm. I'm out there in the streets. Mom's come back from the feds. She tried to put us all back together, but now I'm in the streets. So I'm back with moms, and but I'm hustling. And then mom's like, I don't know what you're doing, but can't you see I just went to jail for that? And right. moms want to tell me to stop, but I'm still doing me. Right. So mom kicked me out. I'm 14, 14 and a half by now. Mom kicked me out for selling yoga. You know, and, and for those who don't know what Yola is, Yola is crack cocaine. Right. You know, so so I'm selling Yola, mom's kicking me out, and I'm just getting my money, and I'm living that life. I'm a young nigga having money. If you ever seen Minister Society, I'm that, I'm Kane. I'm out there having it my way, man. Right. So, so, uh, I'm not, I, I didn't work my I didn't work my way up to a kilo, and you know I'm making about thirty forty racks a week. Um, maybe half of that is profit, you know, and half of it is cop money, and uh, where you got to recop. And I'm doing good, man. I'm living good. I, I walk in stores. I don't look at price tags, and I'm living that life, man. And, and, and in those moments, um. It's just triumphant for a young black dude who came from nothing, who had to put tissue in his ears because there's so many roaches in the house. You don't want them to go in there. Exactly. You know, so, so, so it's, it's just a triumphant moment. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm living good. I'm eating. I'm, I'm doing good, man. And um, um, my connect dropped off two keys. And um, I try to give him the money. He he had his bra pull up with the with the McDonald's bag and throw it out the window. And you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's two keys in the bag. And um, she don't take the money. She just dip off. And they coming back to get the money later. But then my house burned down. Like I'm in the hood. I see smoke. And they come on Rob. Ain't that your house on fire? And I go to the house, and somehow we had an electrical fire, just a fluke accident, bro. I, 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 I remember I remember seeing this on I Almost bruh. Got Away With It, and I remember hearing you talk about it. But for the people that haven't seen I Almost Got Away With It, and the people that don't know what he's talking about, y'all go ahead and listen, because he, he about to tell you some real shit. Yeah, so, yeah, they did a story about it um, when I came home, uh... I almost got away with it on episode one. But 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 how did you get on? I almost got away with it because that was some real nigga shit too. And it was like you was like, man, I told this nigga this was gonna happen. I told that nigga this was, and everybody you was telling everybody like this gonna happen, this gonna happen, and everybody did the exact opposite of what you told them niggas. Like, bro, that's that had to be some frustrating shit. So I'm I'm out there having my money and just you you can't control fate and you can't control just the way the dice roll. Right. You can't even the best shooters, even the best slicksters can't control the way them dice roll out, man. Right. Um. So my house catch fire. I must have lost about I don't know sixty seventy thousand and and all the dope. You know, like mm-hmm. the two keys, they the two keys they dropped off, plus another three keys that I had that I was stockpiling. Right, like, right, right. I, I'm telling you, man, I lost, I lost a good five hundred racks when mm. all that went down. God and, damn. Um, and now the connect one is dope. And I'm like, the, the money burnt up with the coke. Like I ain't got none of that. You gotta understand. And I'm pointing to the burnt up house, like, bruh. You see this burnt up house, right? And, and you know the way the streets go. They think you burnt that shit up on purpose. They think you, you burnt that so you can keep the keys. It's either that or they just don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck if the shit burnt up in the house. Nigga, you owe me. Yeah. 
now, so now, I got a couple options. If I don't get this man, I think I only, I think Keys around that time was going for 12 five, 13 five. Um, I basically owed him about 25 racks. Right. So, if, if, so I got a couple choices. I could go to war with him. I could try to go ball money to pain. That didn't work. I tried that. Or I can go hit a lick. So, you know, I mean, my name is Rob. So I felt like, you know, I'm going to go Rob. So, <laughs> so, this nigga is so, stupid, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's all basic, right? It it's is. I mean, when, it, when you boil it down like that, you know what I'm saying? It's all pretty basic. Like, they named me that shit for a reason. So, you know, I think yo, yo nigga, you know, and I'm and hit a bank. And, and what people don't know is I had hit banks before that and got away. Right. So, so I'm like, all right, I know how to do this. So, I go hit a bank and um, end up getting caught. Um, and when I got caught, uh, it was my first offense. And they was telling me, I don't know how they had these numbers, but it was the Fed. Mm-hmm. So the Fed scares you with their numbers because they got a book called the Federal Guidelines. Right. And they, they got categories. And they look in this book and they tell you how much time you could possibly get. My time was, my max was 37 years. Wow. So, so the laws were much strict, much more strict back then, too. So they was trying to give a young nigga 37 years. So imagine how much motivation that gave me to say, I'm getting the fuck up out of here. Get so, to that so, part, because I can't believe you did it, nigga. But I don't yeah, want to so spoil, I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil or alert none of that shit. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. My bad, my bad. So, so. Just facing all that time, man, I'm a thinker, man, and I've always, at this point in my life, I was still a kid, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 20 years old, I'm still a kid, um, and, but I'm a thinker with a quick mind, right. and I'm, I'm, I was always highly intelligent, I mean, in sixth grade, they said I was reading at a collegiate level, like my reading and comprehension, in the sixth grade, I was, I was ready for college, wow. so I, I got to thinking about it. And um, I got to talking to some of the OGs in jail, and they was like, hey, man, the easiest way for you to get out of here is just to play like you was on some heavy drugs. So yeah. I ain't never did, I ain't never did drugs in my life. Nah, but that's, that's it. That, they, then, if, you, if you play that card, a lot of niggas got out like that. A lot of niggas listen, got out playing that card. Listen, weed and alcohol, man, since I was 14 is the only drugs I've ever done. Um... Unless you count going to the dentist and they give you the pain pills. Nah, I feel I feel exactly what you're saying, but I'm just saying like the shit that they was telling you. They was telling you like this: how niggas be getting off. Like you know what I mean? They might send you to rehab yeah. or something, but you'll be so, out. So you what mean? I do? So so what I do? I start moaning and shit in the jail cell, holding my stomach like. <laughs> tell the people i just want to tell the people i'm only laughing because i know this shit is true because i know this man you know what i mean go ahead but didn't you break out of north county or some shit so <laughs> that's that's the that's the that's the what second that's the second time i escaped from from custody 
Okay, so <laughs> so we gotta we got we gotta back that we can't we can't skip the first one. So how you get how you escape the first time? So I escaped custody because I was playing like I was a drug addict, and they sent me to a facility that was a little bit less secure than the county jail. Not that I couldn't get out the county jail, uh-huh. but they sent me to a facility less secure, and I jumped out of a two story window. Damn near broke both my legs. And I was gone, man. Hmm. Um, and I ran for seven years, and they was they was close, man. They was closing in on me the whole time, man. I was ducking and dodging, dodging and ducking, and I was I was basically a, a fucking secret agent for seven years, man, running from the feds. That's crazy. And the whole time, I'm I'm living like a normal person to my friends and people who knew me. Because I didn't walk up to people like, man, I'm on the run. I walk up to people like, what's happening, man? What's going on? Woo, 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 what's up? Like, everything is normal. I never told nobody. I just kept it to myself that I was on the run. Some people knew. But I was moving, man. I was a, I became a ghost. Right. Right. And and no no pun intended to power, but I was, I was ghost before ghost was ghost. That's real life shit though. Like you really live this shit. You feel me? Yeah, if power was about me, Ghost would have been way more bitchy. No pun intended <laughs> to my rap. No, no, no pun intended to my rap name. We gon' we gon' we gon' we gon' uh we gon' plug that on the next interview. On the next interview, cause we still gotta get through this one. We gonna get to that one on the next interview. So that's how you got out the first time, but then they caught up with you, and then you so end up, you end up so going again. But then you years, broke out again a, a second time, though. Like when you your okay. lawyer or somebody so, came to see you and you punched the thing through. So during them seven years, I was in a run. I'm hustling. I'm balling. I'm hitting more banks. I'm rapping. I'm doing shows. I'm doing me, man. I'm living life, I'm living good, I'm a young nigga having things, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so eventually they catch up with me. After seven years, I had a hell of a run, and they just pull up on me. Um, the chick I was fucking with put my name on some car insurance, and then the feds pull up on me. So, feds pull up on me, they take me to jail, and I'm going to tell you, I was mad about it. I'm like, damn, like... Because me and the bitch was going through what we was going through, me and the, me and the woman I was with. Mm-hmm. I, ain't trying, I ain't trying to disrespect her. We was going through what we was going through, and I was finna leave. Mm-hmm. And maybe two more days later, they wouldn't even call me. My spidey senses was going off like a motherfucker that I couldn't be there no more. Mm. So, so they got me, and I felt robbed. I felt like I was one, I was a step ahead, and then I was not a step ahead. So they slapped me in North County. They bring these charges from seven years ago. And um, I, I just smiled at the charges because I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to stay. I think, I, I think I'll take door number two. Oh, shit. And, um, and my lawyer come to see me. And when my lawyer left out the room, I started kicking on the, on the, on the bars. See, on the, on the show, I almost got away with it. Yeah. They make it seem like I punch, I punch some screen door and the shit just That's what it. That's what man, it looked like on man, the show. Man, ain't no way in life the feds would put you in a room with a with a flimsy ass bar like that. Okay. I I cut my hands open. I was kicking my legs is powerful. I'm gonna do with powerful legs. I'm kicking these bars, kicking these bars, kicking these bars, and I saw it just. Barely moving, so I'm kicking them harder and harder and harder. I'm putting all my weight into it. I'm kicking it for like thirty minutes. So the the, the federal marshals come to the door like, "Are you kicking?" I'm like, "No, nah, I'm waiting on my lawyer. What are you talking about?" So in, and so he's taking people up and down in the federal building to court. So he couldn't just be like, "What's what's going on?" Because he got to take people to court, and court is serious. Like these marshals got to have you there when it's time. This court is serious. Mm-hmm. So, so they more concerned with getting people to their court base. Plus, you don't think somebody's going to escape. Man, I kicked that shit open just enough to get my hands around it. I tore my hands and it's scars on my hands and my fingers to this day. 
I tore my hands off and bending that shit just enough to get my head through because I figured I got a big ass head. If I can get my head through, the rest, of my, the rest of my body can get through that. Yeah. I get through that shit, man. I get to the other side, and, and this is the room where you talk to your lawyer. Right. I get to the other side, and guess what? The door locked. I'm like, man, they catch me over here. They finna give me five years because escape is five years. Right. I'm like, they finna give me five extra. So I look down, I see a button. I ring the button. And the receptionist out there thought I was a lawyer trying to come out. So they buzzed <laughs> me out. They buzzed me out. I'm dead. Exactly. I'm dead, bro. What else would you man, do? I'm, Say, man, I dip like a bag of chips. So I, I, I walk out the federal building, and I'm on my way again. But this time, boy, they had every law enforcement officer in California looking for me. They was posting my face up on one of the pictures. It was over, bruh. I was trying to get out of the state. Um, they was, they was jamming up my folks left and right. And they jammed up the right the right person, and, and that person led him to me. And but you told that nigga, but you told that nigga, he was like, listen, they're going to come looking for me, and when they come, you say yeah. this, you say that, you feel yeah. me? And then when they came, he didn't say this, and he didn't say that, and he just led them niggas to you. They jammed me up, they, they got me, bro. So I went and did my eight years, came home, um... The whole eight years, I was just formulating plans on how how I would build something. But like, how I, do I, I, can, I how do I build? I can I can vouch for this. I can vouch for this. The the song on your legacy album, I believe, is called Overtime. Am I right when I say that song? Yeah. Okay. The song is called Overtime, and you talk about. You know, what it was like after you came home and how you was trying to fly straight after that or whatever. You feel me? So for all the fans that's listening, the song is called Overtime. It's on the Legacy album. We're going to get to that later. But before we get to that, before we get to that, I got to ask. I got to ask about this story. While you was in the feds, because you went to the feds, right? Yes, sir. You told me this story about an assigned seat that belonged to you. And and for those of y'all that don't know prison politics, everything ain't spoken. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no right. You either know or you don't know. And if you don't know, nigga, that shit is on you. So anyway. So you told me this story about an assigned seat that involves some disrespect, a microwave, and a bowl full of baby oil. You feel comfortable well, talking about that? Well, so I mean, if you don't so feel comfortable that, talking about that, we can move past it. Well, what, what happened was we had a riot. At uh, Herlong, FCI Herlong. Um, FCI just means Federal Correctional Institution. Um, FCI Herlong, which is 70 miles northwest of Reno in Nevada. Mm -hmm. It's a prison where most of the people there are from California because it's in Nevada. Right. So we had a riot. They separated all of us. I got, we we whooped on, and it's funny because I live in Seattle. But we whooped on some dudes real bad from Seattle, some mm-hmm. some Crips. Right. Um, the L.A. Crips wasn't claiming them, and they was being disrespectful. And we went and hollered at the L.A. Crips like, "What's up with y'all folks?" And they was like, "It ain't our folks." And we like, "Oh, these some rogue Crips, Crips that's just claiming Crips." Okay, we'll take care of it. And they was like, "Cool." So basically, the base squatted up. It was about thirty of us and about five of them. And I told the bay like, let's just let's just put five on five and just scrape the nigga. And they was like, no, we finna kill these ants with a sledgehammer. So we went out there and damn near caught murder beefs because we they had to airlift the niggas out of there. Right. And um, they separated all of us. I ended up in in Leavenworth, Kansas. Hmm. So I get to Leavenworth, Kansas, and um, 
as soon as I hit the yard. Um, they don't know me. I'm from Cali. Like, this is the same prison Felix Mitchell died over a sandwich at. Right. So, so I, I get to Leavenworth, and this, is, this dude is there with alphabets. And when I say alphabets, I mean three life sentences. I I'm going, I'm about to, by the time I got to Leavenworth, I'm going home in three years. I hear you. So, so, you in there, you got dudes with three years doing time with dudes with life sentences. So this dude, man, I guess he thought, because cause I look like a square, man. So, but I'm the furthest thing from it. So okay, dude, okay, man, okay. Hold on. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Before you get to that part. I I really I need you to finish this motherfucking story But before you get to that I just want to tell people This nigga is like Six foot three Six foot four And like 225 230 pounds Just regular walking around So he ain't no little nigga bruh Okay go ahead Go ahead So dude Okay so you right I'm 6'3 250 Dude it's about about the same height, but you gotta think he got three life sentences. He's been there twenty years before me. He's been working out for twenty years, so he he's basically a machine. He's an animal. So this motherfucker, I hit the yard. I got my bedroll. I go in my cell. He, he saw me, walked up to me, and handed me a piece of paper. He said, "Hey, homie." I need you to take care of this. And he walks away. I look at the paper. He's walking away. I'm looking at the paper. The paper is a grocery list. Wow. This nigga nigga wanted you to buy his commissary? This nigga just handed me a grocery list. So, I'm from East Oakland, man. All day, every day, man. So, my first impulse was to just run up on him. Get on his head. So... But I'm a thinker, and I play a cold game of chess. So I go, okay, all right. I shake my head to myself, all right. So I'm buying a gang of shit because I just hit the yard. I got to buy a gang of shit. I look at the shit he got on his list. A lot of the shit I'm buying already, so he ain't going to know if I bought this shit or not. I go buy my normal shit, Um, but I, I, I made sure I bought two bottles of baby oil and a ceramic bowl. So, commissary day come. Uh, I, I, I come back from the store. I, I, I'm looking like Santa in this motherfucker. Big ass bag. He see me walking the unit with the big bag. He think I got his shit. He's smiling. Talking to his friends. They high-fiving and shit. Oh, and and I, I put the bag in my room. I get my ceramic bowl. I empty out a bottle and a half of that baby oil. I grab a top ramen soup and I head over to the microwave. It looked like I got water in the soup. And uh, I promptly put nine, 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 nine on the microwave and let that shit cook till it was bubbling. <laughs> I go back to my, I go back to hey, my Hey, this field. is the part of the story I love. Go ahead, keep going. I go back to my field. Uh, sit the bowl of, of bubbling hot baby oil on the counter. And I called bruh. Hey, bruh, come get this shit out of my cell, man. Come on. Bruh come down with his swole walk. He's swole. He OG, triple OG, three elbow, three life sentences. He out here. He giving niggas motherfucking grocery <laughs> listen. He, 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 he the motherfucking man. Everybody in the... It's, it's, it's dudes on the second and the third tier looking over the rail like, wow. He just... Like, wow, he going to pick up. He going to pick up They don't even know what's about to happen. They like, wow, he going to pick up a bag from this nigga. Man, he's the best who ever done it. Oh, but he shit. like, man, he like, man, he he walk in, I open the door, he walk in, he goes, man, you did the right thing, you did the right thing. I'm like, cool, man, look, man, um, just say what you need, it's all right there. He bent over, start grabbing the shit. I said, hey, bro, one more thing, this is yours too. He look up, I splash him in the face with the baby oil. You can literally see his face turn white and his skin just melt off his motherfucker. That nigga look like Skeletor in that motherfucker. <laughs> and, I, and, 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 
and I instantly get on it. Bop, 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 bop. I'm drilling him. Bop, 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 bop. I, I feel the meat on his. I feel the meat on his face coming off. Bop, 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 bop. Is he, he melting in? I'm hitting me. So, I believe it. Yeah. So, so I get on him. Boom! I catch him right. I knock him out. Then. I opened the door. All his partners, I thought he was winning. They out there smiling and shit. I come out. I said, hey, come get this bitch-ass nigga out of my cell. Because I, I ain't trying to alert the guards. I tell them. Right. Exactly. Cause exactly. Cause you did what you were supposed this, to do. You, you let it be known. Out. I ain't to be fucked with. Yeah. I go, hey, come get this bitch-ass nigga out of my cell. So they come get him. They take him up to his own cell, laying down. He's melting. You know? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, they do a head count and they see his face and they lock the unit down and they end up taking him to the hole. Like, questioning him, like, what happened to you? So, because the guards knew this man was a stone cold killer, like, he had bodies. Right. Prison, prison bodies. Right. Once, once you got three elbows, it don't matter what you do now. So that's why he was feared. Come on, nigga. So, I, I made sure that nigga knew I was from East Oakland, nigga, while I was drilling him. Nigga, I'm from East Oakland. My name's Rob, bruh. So, so his partner's getting him out of there. He go to the shoe. He won't tell him what happened. The police know he's a piece of stone cold killer, so they don't let him out no more. Because mm-hmm. they just don't understand the dynamics of what happened. And then there's hella cameras and level work, but don't. None of them work. United States Penitentiary. Maximum security. No cameras. No cameras. Death trap. Man, we gon' we gon we gon we gon get to that. We gonna get to that on the next episode, cause I believe that you gave them enough, and and I feel like all those experiences that you previously spoke on this whole entire show led up. To the legacy album, you and I came home. I got on. I got on my hustle, man. And you, I, I wrote the album, and the you, album is heart and soul, man. You just did what was it like fourteen songs on the legacy album? And can can you okay? Can you elaborate on the legacy album just a little bit, like because you told me like, all right, I'm giving it away for free. It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. All can you explain the science behind that? So they won't let you give it away for free. Um, you can go on YouTube and get it, but on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, on all the major sites, Google Play, you're gonna have to pay for it. Um, but the album is, is of the highest quality imaginable, man. And the album is, is, is my heart and soul uh, in sound form. Um, but what I did with that album was I didn't want to be placed in a box. All my partners was looking for that for that that real raw Mr. Vicious. But I know if I'm presenting myself to the world, it has to be a presentation. It has to be a display. It has to be a demo. Like I'm putting a demonstration down on how multifaceted I am. I don't want to just do an album of my gangster shit, man. I'm, I've grown beyond that. So if you peep the album, I hit you with every emotion except sadness. I left sadness out on purpose because that's not the vibe I want to give you right now. So if, if you peep the album, every emotion is in it except, except sadness. And I, the whole album is by design. Like, I come at you from every angle you could come at somebody, man. I come at you with real hip-hop. With that, I got that one political song. I got that battle song where you pick somebody in the industry that's popular and you get on their motherfucking head like a sewing. I heard, I heard all this shit. Just, just so the people, just so the people listening can know, I heard, dear America, I heard that shit that he just got finished talking about, where you pick somebody in the industry and battle. Cause as soon as I heard the first few words, I said he going at this nigga. I texted him. I'm like, you going at this nigga? He like, yeah. I said, okay, boom. So, I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. Go ahead, continue, please. Yeah. So. You know, I basically was looking at the industry before I wrote the album, and 
what I didn't like most was uh, the Takashi Six Nine cat. You know, so um, you know he's he's like idolized, and I just couldn't understand it. I'm not mad at nobody getting their money, but when you start snitching and when you start promoting snitching, you're leading the kids to a grave. And right. I just, I right. just, I right. had to say something. You sending the I wrong fucking message. Yeah, I had to say something, man. So the song is called Your Favorite. And I, I want to say something. I want to say something to that because every real nigga know, like. If this is the type of life that you chose, then you know this is the type of life that you chose. And you know the type of shit that come with this motherfucking life. So if you chose that motherfucking life and you get caught up and they like, oh, nigga, you facing 30 years or you facing life. Nigga, you know you chose this life. You knew these was the motherfucking consequences. Regardless what the fuck happens, if niggas threw you in the motherfucking trunk or whatever, nigga, it's your motherfucking responsibility to hold true to that motherfucking life because that's the life you fucking chose, bruh. On some real shit, nigga. You don't sit here and be like, oh, I can't do all this time. I'm going to snitch on everybody. Nah, nigga, you the one with all the motherfucking money, nigga. So when you go down and you know these niggas did you dirt and all the bull, all the shit like that, nigga, you go hire you some motherfucking hitters in the pen, nigga, and you had them niggas hit while them niggas is trying to have you hit, nigga. You play the game how it's supposed to be motherfucking played, nigga. You don't go out like no motherfucking bitch and start snitching. It, man, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Go, go go ahead, man. It's on you. It's on you. Yeah. Um. So, where, where was we at? Now um, you was talking about you, you know, was talking I, about I the song. You I, was you was talking about the song. Yeah, I, I didn't appreciate what I saw with the industry, and if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna give it a, 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 a few years where I go in. I'm gonna give y'all about five to ten projects. And um, I'm gonna pick somebody new every album. I'm gonna get on somebody every album because I want I want these MCs that's out of pocket. I want them to fear. You know what I'm saying? Like I want them to fear uh, that they might be the next on the list. Um, and I just want to expose you. You know, stop playing, man. Stop playing. So, so. There's songs about relationships. Um, there's inspirational songs about getting your money, but but uh, watch all that all that flossing and materialism, you know. Um, and that just goes back to the guns and butter conversation from from the Baby Boy movie. Oh, you know? yeah, um, yeah. I was thinking about that shit too when I was listening to the album. Yeah, that, that shit made that shit made man. hella sense though. That shit made hella sense. Yeah, Guns so, and butter, baby, so, you little dumb motherfucker. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's for me. It's about legacy, man. It's about what you leave behind. I named the album Legacy because I don't have kids, and every song I write is one of my kids. I'm giving I'm giving birth to something that's gonna have a life. Right. The only difference is my kids gonna live forever. So. So that's that's where I'm at with it. Um, uh, you can find me. You can find me on YouTube, Mr. Vicious M I S T A, the Legacy album. I'm on I'm on YouTube. I'm on I'm on Apple Music. I'm on Spotify. Uh, look me up, man. I'm I'm out there. I'm on uh, Instagram, the real Mr. Vicious M I S T A, the real Mr. Vicious. You know. You on the, you you on the first episode? I almost got away with it on the Discovery Channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but it's to me, it's about just providing something that's missing. And and when the game got to a point where all the real ones was dead or in jail, and like we the last ones left, it's up to us to provide. To provide what we know, the knowledge that we obtained from the life that we went through, and try yeah. to give it to another motherfucker so that you don't gotta go through the same shit I went through. If you listen to what the fuck I'm saying, you can skip the mistakes that I made. Only a few of us will live to tell, man. We living in hell, and only a few of us will live to tell. So if you have lived to tell, tell it, man. You know, just don't tell on nobody. Yep. So, yep. So, 
that's what it is with me, man. Like, I'm going to do this music a little bit. You, you got to catch me while you can, because, cause, and, and no pun intended on, on the, being on the one for seven years and Leonardo DiCaprio with the Catch Me If You Can movie. But catch me, catch me while you can, because I'm not going to always do this. I'm going to move into real estate and acting and, and producing movies, and I'm not going to always do the music. So while I'm doing it, if I can catch some support, man, we can we can thrive. We can thrive together because I'm going to shoot the money right back into the community. As you should, man. And I appreciate you taking the time to sit down at the Real Shit Roundtable. Even though you at where you at and I'm at where I'm at. We did this over the phone for those that don't know because we know each other in real life person to person. You feel me? As I told y'all before... You know what I mean? I don't fucking do interviews with people that I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And this man right here is somebody that I truly respect and somebody that I admire. You know what I mean? And uh, and to be honest, I aspire to be in his position one day as far as what he's currently doing. Now, I can't speak to that. Only he can speak to that. But we'll get into that part on part two. You feel me? So look out for part two as far as that goes. You know what I mean? And I want to thank Mr. Vicious for taking time out and, and being a part uh, of our podcast. You feel me? I appreciate you, bruh. I love you, bruh. You know what I mean? And if it's anything that you want to plug or, or you want to leave stated before this thing is over, we got four minutes. Listen. My email, my, my promotional email is therealmysticvicious at gmail.com. That's spelled T-H-E-R-E-A-L-M-R-V-I-C-I-O-U-S at gmail.com. Anybody, I'm reachable right now. Like, if this thing blow and shit go crazy, I might not be reachable as reachable as I am right now. You can get at me right now. You can have a conversation with me right now. You know, regardless of the TV shows and, and, and the six-figure salaries and, and, the, and the corporate life, like, you can get at me right now, man. So, I love my dudes. My dude, Nolo, is doing this this podcast. I'm, I'm a supporting anything he needs. I want everybody else to support him. I'm going to give shots out to the T.O.P., True Oakland Players. We've been doing this for some years. I'm going to give shots out to Mo Money, T. I'm going to give shots out to Young Standalone. That's my boy, MJ Double. I'm going to give shots out to my boy, uh, uh, Savinsky. Uh, it, it, the list goes on, man. So, uh, tune in, man. Look at, look for me. I'm on iTunes. I'm on YouTube. M-I-S-T-A Vicious. Mr. Vicious. Look me up, man. I'm available. And it's more music coming. It's, it's more entertainment coming. We, we about to start dropping podcasts and TV shows. And, and we, we finna start filming movies, man. Cause I write scripts. So just keep your eyes open, keep your heads up, um, stay safe out there with this COVID. Um, let's, let's get it till we got it, you know? And I feel like that's the most motherfucking important thing that y'all need to walk away with. Let's get it till we got it, bro. All yes, of us, sir. all of us as a collective, if we not standing yes, behind sir. each other, it ain't nobody standing behind us, man. And, and, the, and the album is all positivity. It's eight, it's eight non-explicit songs, man. You know, and, and it's not one negative song on that album. No, and I'm ain't. just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to lead by example. I'm trying to provide mature, mature verbiage and just complete thoughts that could inspire more thoughts. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to build a the way you spit. The way you spit is like watching a video. Like yeah. when I when I listen when I listen to when I listen to you spit, it's like watching a video. But we coming down to the last sixty seconds right now. Yeah, sir. And I, I'm like, damn, like, cause we could we could go on, we could go on forever. I'm like, fuck, this shit seemed like it happened so fast. You feel me? and toast to you, man. You got your podcast. I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of me. It's 2020. You know, we we, we live in, we trying to live debt free and we just trying to gain freedom all across the board. I hear you that. Know, physical, physical, mental, financial, spiritual. We trying to gain freedom, man. Let's be free, y'all. 
I'm toasting to my brother too, man, because I damn sure got my drink in front of me. And once again, this has been another episode of the Real Shit Roundtable Podcast. And I am your host, Nolo Calion. This has been my guest, Mr. Vicious. This is season two, episode two. And we look forward to y'all going to follow him. And we'll see y'all later.